Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hey, friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Pierron. I'll be the host for today's episode. I'm joined by my brother and good friend in Christ, Aaron Richards. And today, hey, I'm not introducing Dan Dimite, which some of he's you who have break. listened before taking probably know. Yeah, because of some <laughs> of the jokes he's made in recent episodes, we've had him take a brief break. And um, we've brought in two other friends who are second-year missionaries with us here at Damascus. I have my brother, Anthony Calvino, hey, Anthony. and my sister, Lauren Gothard, on the podcast today. Guys, how you doing? So good. So good. Anthony? Doing pretty well. I'm not Dan Dimite. My hair isn't quite as curly. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully, not I have a little bit of fire curly. than he has. Yes, yes. Um, but... Uh, uh, no, we're so excited for today's episode. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, mm-hmm. um, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. The idea is that every encounter we have with the person of Jesus should always lead us into a life of mission. Because when we recognize how good Jesus has been to us, we want to make sure others know how good he is for them and to them and how good he um wants to continue to be in their lives. So um, the idea of today's episode is to talk a little bit with you two about your lives as missionaries. So I know that um, everyone that uh, tunes into the podcast always have questions around what does mission look like in my life? How can I give the Lord a a complete yes? How can I surrender all of the things that I um, am hesitant to surrender to him? And uh, what's cool about both of your stories is that both of you um, gave a yes to Damascus, even as the program here has been... um, being formed. And I think there's uh, so much power in that because we can all have hesitations to set aside other plans, to set aside um, other goals and realities to pursue what God has for us. So I think the best place to start is just to ask both of you for um, just a little bit of your testimony, a little bit of like how you came to fall in love with Jesus, how you decided to give your life to him, and then how Damascus fit into that. So why don't we start with you, Anthony? We'll move to you, Lauren, and we'll go from there. Yeah. It's really been an incredible story, an incredible journey. Grew up in a large family yeah. of nine siblings. Great time. But I, I was number eight. I was near the bottom. And yeah. growing up, my older siblings were very successful what they did. So I had an older brother who joined seminary right away. So I was like, he's the holiest of them all, you know. <laughs> and I had a brother who was valedictorian of his college. Yeah. So he was the smartest of us all. I had another brother who <laughs> uh, was quarterback of the football team. I, that was like a runner up to States this year of high school. So I was like, he's more athletic than us all. And so I think growing <laughs> up was kind of this story of how can I allow myself to be seen by others? How can mm-hmm. I perform and succeed in a way that's good enough to get the attention of my family and those around me yeah, sure. <laughs> and in a way that I'm not just hidden under <laughs> the shadows of all my siblings. So I think that's kind of how I mm-hmm. grew up living in this place of I need to be really successful at what I do so that I'm recognized and that I kind of have worth in this society and this family that I'm in. And yeah, just grew up working really hard. And I, freshman year of high school, I was invited on our tree at Franciscan University Come for on. a youth conference and had a very powerful encounter with Jesus. Where Shout out to Steubenville, I, man. Yeah, Steubenville, you know. Yeah. I, I, but had a really powerful encounter with the Lord where mm-hmm. I experienced his presence in a, a physical way, an emotional way, and a spiritual way that brought me close to him and filled me with a fire to just live differently. And up until that point, I had just been living in a lot of, honestly, just depression and, mm. and doubt of myself. And following that moment, yeah. there was a, a real shift in my heart that kind of seeing God's good and seeing his providence yeah. in every area of my life and ultimately being given a sense of purpose. What got you yeah. to what got you to the retreat at Steubenville? Were you like part of a youth group? Did you get invited by someone? Or? 
not part of a youth group. Stayed yeah. away from youth group as much as yeah, I could. Sure, my, sure. my mom at, made me go to youth group one time and I then asked <laughs> me to go back and I cried in the car yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when she drove me the next time. So it was not part of a youth group. Okay, but yeah. I, not that often. I wish I was looking back on it, but I'm a big fan of youth groups now. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, no, just a friend of mine. A friend of yours honestly, invited you? Yeah, a girl who I thought was kind of cute invited me. Yes, that, come that on. Got, got me there. It's yes. Typical teenage boy story. But it, but uh, it works. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. No, invitation's just so powerful. That's why I asked this. Like, hey, I was in this place where I wasn't saying yes, and someone just took a step. And in this case, she was attractive. Which also helped the process. But okay, but yeah, coming out of that, like you're starting to see more worth in, in the faith and in yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I, I came back from the retreat and really started to pray every day. And really was the grace of God started in Gospel of Matthew and started reading scripture every day and spending time with the Lord and didn't necessarily fully understand prayer, but knew that it was important and that I was I was seeing the impact that it had on my life as a 14, 15 year old teenager was seeing the impact that prayer had on my life. I know what that said, you know, going through that and spiritually have been plenty of ups and downs since that day, but had had this moment early in high school and then also had another really critical moment early in high school where my brothers, two older brothers, Augustine Sebastian were at college at Benedictine College in Kansas. And my parents flew me out there for a little siblings weekend. And I was like, all right, going to college campus with my older brothers. Yeah. We're going to go crazy. I'm <laughs> just be idiots. And I get there and they're like, Hey, we're going to eat dinner. And then we're going to go intercede for two hours and worship the Lord and pray for words from the Lord for the people that we're going to meet in Kansas city <laughs> tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so two hours go by and I'm like, well, that was really long and <laughs> different experience, <laughs> different experience. I but I saw something, I saw something in those guys, even though I was for sure dis disconnected from that experience at sometimes and mm -hmm. wasn't quite up to the speed that they were at. I, I saw something in them that mm -hmm. I wanted. And, and the next morning, the eight of us, seven of the college students, uh, including my two brothers and myself, went down to Kansas City. We split up in pairs of two, just as Jesus split up the disciples mm -hmm. in pairs of two and just spent the morning talking to people in Kansas City um, and asking them if they want to pray for anything and praying yeah. with them. And at that time, I was I paired with a man named Sam Halligan. Come on, Sam, Sam Halligan. And I, yeah, the rest just, is history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was just blown away. Like, I, I did hardly anything those few hours, I just watched Sam and mm -hmm. saw something in his eyes and saw something in the heart and the the willingness of a college student to get up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning to drive an hour away and pray with people. I was like, that's special. And there's something different in these guys and everyone else I've seen. So kind of carried those two experiences through with me through high school and throughout college as kind of everything else was going on. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of then my personal life, like I said, just tying back to that beginning of then there was athletics or um, school or friendships or just being the funny guy yeah. uh, trying to be seen in my day life and I'm going to university. I went to Robert Morris University yeah. in Pittsburgh, small D1 college. And I was in business school there studying financial planning and then ended up getting my master's in business administration. And mm -hmm. yeah, seeking, I, I kind of started putting in college, my number one focus, I would say was my resume. Yeah, That's sure. where my work sure. was. That's where my identity yeah. was. It was, I was, I couldn't find necessarily one thing that I was mm -hmm. going to do better than uh, in terms of necessarily like academics or uh, <laughs> sports or uh, whatever it might be. But mm -hmm. the one thing I saw that I was like, okay, I can do better than my siblings is I can be the richest, the fastest, and have yeah, the best resume. Right, right, right. That's my differentiating factor. <laughs> like I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the kid in the family who has his finances all together. It's gonna yeah. go perfectly, <laughs> and I'm gonna have financial security. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna avoid debt and yeah. get rich and have investments and live a comfortable life, right? And mm -hmm. so just started putting everything into that, into mm -hmm. a career. Got some great internships right away. I had an internship where they literally flew me up to Milwaukee. Yeah, into National. I Fortune 500 company mm -hmm. from up to Milwaukee. Yeah. One of the best interns as a 19 year old. Yeah. And Milwaukee's a great city yeah. too. Milwaukee. Love <laughs> it. Uh, and then next one was working with ultra high net worth clients. I'll get to 20 years old. I was getting to work and logging on my laptop and working on $500 million portfolios, recommending yeah. trades and yeah. 
I'm working on estate plans for that. And yeah, it was going pretty well. And yeah, it was being very successful in that. Mm-hmm. I would say my family was noticing it, which I cared a lot about. My sure. peers respect me a lot for that. Yeah. And was in this trajectory and yeah, doing well, but definitely there was something I heard that I was like, this isn't really satisfying. I would, I would get to, I'd be at work and I would, I would, I would enjoy what I was doing, but my heart wasn't coming alive. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that my heart was coming more alive at the one night of campus ministry that I was going to on a mm-hmm. Thursday night than mm-hmm. during my, my days of work. Could you put your thumb on like why that was? <clears throat> it's just, just, there was a passion in the, what you're yeah. doing in campus ministry? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure there was. It was the people that I was surrounded by. That, that's what yeah. the difference is. Yeah. I would get to work and these very being around these very successful men and their passion was for themselves. Their passion, you could tell. You'd, you'd get to work and even though they might help you out here or there, yeah. everyone was trying to advance themselves, not each other. And being involved in the campus yeah. ministry was a place where people were fighting for each other and then good of others, not themselves. Yeah, it was advancing something together yeah. instead of just advancing yourself alongside someone mm-hmm. else, you know? That's yeah, different. exactly. And, and then going off of that, I think that's what kind of then got me to this place mission is 2020 world shuts down right the summer and i was on facebook why was i on facebook because the world was shut down and there's nothing else to do and so for whatever reason i found myself on facebook for the first time in probably years and uh, once again my friend sam helligan pops up again he had graduated college at this point and was working at yeah. this place called damascus catholic mission campus and posted a video a montage of first week of summer camp and i was first blown away by the fact that they were doing summer camp during 2020 <laughs> i yeah. was like wait what that's different <laughs> like yeah. the people together they're spending time with each other I'm like what? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was I saw something in that in that video. There are also testimonies, and these kids are sharing stories of how their lives were changed, how they this experience of de- depression or isolation or this yeah just lack of peace or doubting God was challenged and then overcome mm-hmm. by the love and the grace of God that they experienced here. Yeah. Sounds like a freshman Anthony and student. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And even though as a freshman, I'd had victory in a lot of those areas during college in the midst of chasing this career. So many of those things that I had seen victory in had come back into my life. Yeah. Yep. And here in summer 2020, I was experiencing a lot of those things that these kids are sharing. Mm. But I knew based on this experience I had early in high school, of that, that retreat that I went on, of seeing my brothers mm-hmm. and the life that they were living, that there was something more available and seeing these testimonies and what was at Damascus. I was like, I want to be a part of that. Um, yeah. And, and just backstory, just a tiny bit is before seeing that video, I, I was in my room by an 8 May 2020 and made a deal with God where I was like, all right, God, it's kind of just frustrating, probably frustrating day of work and just yeah. wasn't feeling the purpose there. And it's like, Lord, I'm willing to do mission for one year after I graduate college, but I'm not going to look for it all. You need to make it obvious and show me where. So that was kind of it. Yeah. I made that deal with God. And Here's so the, the ultimatum. This, this video shows up <laughs> and then I'm like, notice it, reached out to Sam, didn't hear back from him. He was having a baby at the time and just yeah. midst of summer camp it was crazy. But I, uh, yeah, just kind of went back to what I was doing. I was like, all right, I mm-hmm. shot my shot, shot a text message, didn't hear back and uh, whatever, right? Well, then Damascus keeps coming up over the next few months. Our brother comes back. Yeah, I just, uh, I had another friend who was there right now. He's at Damascus right now. And and mm-hmm. another friend, another friend was like, oh yeah, I just, oh yeah, my, the youth minister at one of the parishes nearby ends up getting engaged to a girl who had previously worked at Damascus, Riley. Yeah. And then got back to campus in the fall and there's an, a new girl helping out, Angelica, who had previously been a summer missionary here. And uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, this place that I hadn't heard about until a few months ago keeps showing up. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess I should think about this a little bit more. Uh, but still doing this internship. I'm like, I'm gonna work there after I graduate. Yeah. It's all gonna go great. Long story short, what's happening happens is I get pulled into the office one day with my 
managers at the internship. And they're like, hey, just with our numbers from COVID, our projections for growth weren't as high as we thought they were going to be this year. So we won't be able to bring you on in May. So we're just going to, we're going to let you go and allow you to find a new opportunity and new place to, uh, new firm you to get connected with before graduation. Mm-hmm. So I was like kind of upset. And I, I left, I was driving back in the car and very upset. But at the same time, I had this just an amazing sense of peace with mm-hmm. me. And I know it's a cliche, but it's like God closed the door to open another. And mm-hmm. I felt that in the moment. There was a sense of, okay, this is getting closed, but it's for a different reason. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, my trust in God didn't last very long because <laughs> within hours of being home, I was on my computer trying to find that next open door <laughs> and applying for new jobs, new internships and, yeah. and getting my foot in the next door, right? Mm-hmm. Taking it by own control. And yeah. while I am on the computer in the midst of an application, it was for like Edward Jones or something. And mm-hmm. I get a message from Angelica. She goes, FYI, applications for Damascus just opened up. Have a great day. <laughs> I was like, okay, at the very yeah. least I should submit an application here. I uh, sent it in. I didn't hear back at least for a little bit. And, but like when I filled out that application, there was this sense of like life that filled me that wasn't filling me when I was doing all the applications. Mm-hmm. There was something that was filling my heart and making it come alive mm-hmm. that wasn't when I was applying for these other jobs. And so I followed up and reached out to Damascus and I'm interviewing you, Brad and Abby and chatting and you guys ended up offering me a spot here. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I feel like at this point kind of knew I was supposed to be here, but I was still kind of wrestling with it. And I was like, I'm not going to commit to something I haven't seen yet. Yeah. So when can I come out? You're like, hey, we got this young adult conference in power. Yeah, come on out. Uh, shout out in power. If you're a young adult, be there next <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, One of the yeah. best things mm-hmm. I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, showed up and with got here. First thing that happens, I go to the chapel mm-hmm. and open my Bible. And it was Luke chapter five. And for context, I kind of had this, this sense of, okay, I'm supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. But what's going through my head is, well, what have I been working on the past few years? Mm-hmm. What about this resume that I've been building up? What about this sense of worth that I've put myself in my career? What about this plan to gain recognition in my family yeah. by being, I mean, I, by being the, being the son who has it all financially together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doing mission work is not the, not the clearest <laughs> path for that. So uh, I'm going to like, all right, uh, what about these professors and network that I built up and what are they going to say? Mm-hmm. And sit down, open my scripture to it, and it's Luke chapter five, just the call of Peter where I, she just says to him, mm-hmm. like, come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. And Peter gets at least everything behind and follows Jesus. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Lord, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I got to leave everything behind. And it, it was scary, but the good part of that is that when God asks us to like, let something go, yeah, it's actually for our good, which mm-hmm. is hard to believe. I think whenever God mm-hmm. asks us to let go of something, we're like, but why, why, why are you this mean God who wants to take everything away? No, yeah. Yeah. He actually wants us our greater good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often we're, I think we're, we're bound by anxiety or stress because we're actually not living in trust of him because we're putting our trust in these things that we are told to put our trust in rather mm-hmm. than trust of him. And so sometimes he asks us to take, let those go. And sometimes we don't let those go. He actually takes them away from us. Yeah, that's uh, right. Even without giving us the choice because he actually wants us to experience mm-hmm. that freedom and peace. Mm-hmm. And so kind of at that point, like, all right, shoot, I think he's right. I think I need to be here. But uh, crazy stories. Then the next morning, January 1st, 2021, mm-hmm. I, I had had something called TMJ syndrome in my jaw for the past few years. Mm-hmm. This guy, we're literally in the red barn playing pool. It's kind of chilly in there and mentioned that my jaw had been hurting and the TMJ syndrome. This guy named Greg wasn't even a missionary here. He's like, hey, can we pray for that? I was like, uh, no, uh, and yeah, maybe not. Yeah, like, maybe, maybe, maybe pray for me like after you leave and yeah, just keep I was me like, in prayer. I was like, let's finish the pool game first. <laughs> <laughs> so we finished the pool game first. He's like, all right, now we're going to pray. I was like, all right, right, you got me. So he prays and he says, in the name of Jesus, jaw muscles be be relaxed and jaw be healed. And this warmth goes through my jaw and like that, the pain's gone. Like there was this grinding, clicking Mm -hmm. sense in the right side of my jaw and I gone. I'm like, what What the heck just happened? (laughs) Yeah. Like I wasn't expecting anything to happen. I think that's the time I pray. (laughs) We're like, all right, I guess we can pray, but we don't Mm -hmm. actually expect God to move when we pray. Mm -hmm. And I was just blown away by that. 
That's wow. so good, so man. That that weekend obviously changed my life, and yeah. I got back and shot on shot on an email to you, and it's like, all right, <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I that. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, and right here in Central Ohio on Saint Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com/radio/podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. He is honored by the church as a saint with the title of the Seraphic Doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. One of the greatest theologians and Franciscan mystics in church history, Bonaventure also wrote a biography of St. Francis that was commissioned by the Franciscans themselves. It took a saint and true mystic to understand a true saint and mystic. He died in 1274. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. Divine Intimacy Radio. The greatest joy in my life is helping others to come to know Christ more fully. And there's no better light on this path, the path to deep union with God, than the wisdom of the saints. Talking about this daily on EWTN Radio is one of the great joys of my life. Divine Intimacy Radio, Sunday, 6.30 a.m., 1.30 p.m., and 11 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. But before we jump in more to the uh, the thoughts on all those things, we'll save some of them. But we want to pull you in, Lauren. How about your story? Yeah. Um, what brings you um, to today? Tell us a little bit about your life. Yeah. So I was raised in kind of a non-denominational home. So we went to church every now and then. We were a little more consistent when I was really little. Mm-hmm. Um, I like went to church camp when I was little, like maybe second grade, gave my life Jesus, the mm-hmm. whole thing, baptized mm-hmm. in a lake. Loved it. Yeah. Um, hey, yes. I, I have pictures too. It's That's amazing. Um, and... Yeah, so God was like kind of a part of my life, but mm-hmm. never a big part of my life. And um, I, so we were going to church, going to church. And then around middle school is when the crap hit the fan, as mm-hmm. they say. And um, yeah, we just stopped going to church for a lot of just family reasons and um, just struggles with pastors, all the things. And mm-hmm. so we stopped going to church. And here I am in middle school, which is just a time of kids that we actually work with. But when I was just like seeking a lot and seeking to understand who we, who I am, who I am in relationship to other people. And um, yeah, in that time in my life, there was just other other challenges going on with like friend things, family things that I just found myself like really in a position of seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have much um, church. And so I just saw it through knowledge. I saw it through information. Mm-hmm. I was such a nerd. I literally like would go to my science teachers and ask for extra projects just because I was like, there's something more mm-hmm. that I want to wrap my mind around and I just can't find it. Mm. And some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, For anyone who knows relates. Lauren now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I was just so hungry. And um, kind of through those experiences, we decided to um, go to a Catholic high school, my family and I, just because mm. I was quite honestly bored with the school I was in and just looking for a fresh start and new opportunity. So um, so I, I, I end up going to the closest Catholic high school to where I was living, which is a high school in Kansas City called um, St. James Academy, just doing awesome things, really built around Jesus is the center. The tabernacle is the center of the property. Meanwhile, while like almost pagan Lauren walks in. I have no idea what's going on. Um, And I just remember my first day of freshman orientation, I get like shuffled into this room, turns out to be the chapel. Um, We're all just in there. And because I was by the door, I end up in the front row and we're having mass on this first day of freshman orientation. I've never been in mass ever in my life. Um, But I'm sitting up there and I can see everything. And I just have so many questions going through my mind. I'm like, why is he wearing a dress? Like, (laughs) what What is that? What is that? (laughs) I I think so. I think it was green probably. Um, Didn't really match his style, but okay. And um, yeah, I just was so curious and so hungry to understand. And um, Mm. just so hungry to really belong somewhere too. I think that was one of the things I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And so um, I... Start school, start doing the Catholic schoolgirl thing. And um, (laughs) I am in these religion classes and my mind, which is so hungry for truth, begins to ask all these questions and Mm -hmm. get really good answers. Shout out to my teachers. They were really, really patient. But um, I just started to like receive information and receive knowledge and receive truth that fed Mm -hmm. a place of me that was hungry for so long. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful because Jesus says, He's the way and the truth and the life. And Mm -hmm. um, I was just captured by his truth. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so um, freshman year, we would go to like mass once a month. And that was the most religious experience I had. We had retreat opportunities. I went on retreat and experienced Eucharistic adoration for the first time. They were like, go in, we're going to pray. And it's actually Jesus. And I was like, what? Like, huh? Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm in there praying and my whole class is on their knees and they're like really praying and there's beautiful worship music. And um, I just felt there was like this this weight to the to the atmosphere to the air around me, and mm-hmm. I was like, "There's something different about this about um, this like moment of experience." Mm-hmm. I turn like learn later it's the Eucharist, like Jesus yeah. is really there, yep. and yep. and I'm encountering Him, and. Um, yeah, I just had a moment of repentance that didn't adhere super quickly, but um, gave seeds in my heart. And so over the summer between my freshman year of high school and my sophomore year, I just realized there was a lack in my life. There was a lack of um, Jesus, really. And so when I got back my sophomore year, I said this prayer every day for like a month, which was a lot for me. And it was, God, I don't know what's true. I don't know what you want of me, but show me what's true and I'll do it. And um, it just showed me my classes that year were the sacraments. And that's kind of where everything, everything changed. I learned about um, apostolic succession, how it was all rooted in the Bible. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, if that's in the Bible and I believe in the Bible, then everything else is true. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that was kind of the final thing, but I was scared. I was scared of what my family would think. And sure enough, the next day we learned about the martyrs and how the martyrs like lay down their life for what they believe in. Yeah. And um, yeah, that same truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, crap, I told him I would do it. So I guess I will. <laughs> so I went through RCIA. I entered the church um, July 27th, 2014, random Sunday. 
And um, I find myself at a, at a Catholic summer camp the next day that um, was just really integrated with my high school mm -hmm. um, in Kansas. And I went to that camp and it was beautiful. I learned so much. I had my second confession there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got back from the camp. I was also involved with some retreat ministry in high school. I had been on a retreat before I entered the church. I was signed up to help with one the weekend after I got back from camp. And so I go back to this retreat center um, that was just so beautiful in the place I'd had that initial encounter with the Eucharist. And um, I'm helping out with this retreat and they asked me to give a testimony. And so they had given me scripture that I had to put in the testimony, which I'm thinking that was kind of funny. Um, but I'm giving my testimony of just how I'd found peace and truth in the church. And um, the scripture was Acts chapter two, how the apostles received the Holy Spirit and then um, preached the gospel with their lives. And I'm reading it in front of this group of people. And it was just powerful because I was like, wow, I just received the Holy Spirit in confirmation a week ago. And here I am preaching the gospel with my testimony and leading small mm -hmm. groups and, mm -hmm. and like giving my life for this thing. And it was just a moment that I've gone back to so many times because, um, it was, I think, the moment the Lord called me to, yeah. to ministry and to yeah. mission for the rest of my life. Um, so thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. And um, so fast forward, I'm doing retreats in high school. There's a retreat called Teens Encounter Christ that mm -hmm. is pretty big in Kansas City. So I was doing those every like three months or so on the weekend and um, just really running after a lot of peer ministry, a lot of um, just ministry because it, it it was what the Lord was calling me to. Mm -hmm. Started a daily prayer life. I was um, discipled in prayer by an awesome religious community in Kansas City and um, just really plugged into like all the beautiful places. And I get to the end of high school, um, discerning lots of things. Like I said earlier, I love science and math. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was a challenge challenging choice, but I just always went back to that moment of like, this is what my, this is what I'm made for, yeah. um, is to preach the gospel. And so I decided, okay, I'll go to the school that will set me up to do that the best, which I find out later to be, um, <laughs> I guess this is a skewed, a bit biased opinion, biased opinion, um, Franciscan University. So I end up as a freshman at Franciscan, which is 13 hours away from home. Didn't yeah. know Ohio existed really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then your eyes were open. <laughs> And you knew. And I've been here for seven years that now. That great so. state of the union. <laughs> I think it was the river that really did yeah, it. Yeah, what brought her in. Yeah, the Ohio River. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I start at Franciscan. Um, I started off in philosophy and theology and quickly realized that as beautiful as I found philosophy, it wasn't going to help me convert the man in the airplane seat next to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so mm -hmm. I switched to um, catechetics, which is teaching the faith. And mm -hmm. um, during college was loving my studies, loving the things I was involved with. Um, and I, I ended up working at the summer camp I went to after um, my initial conversion. So I worked there right out of high school and then right after freshman year. Um, but something really big changed in between those two summers. And it was that I met the Holy Spirit at Franciscan um, in such a beautiful culture of openness to the Holy Spirit. I found myself coming from this like basis of truth and knowledge and seeking the Lord to um, kind of hitting a wall and being mm -hmm. like, God, I've been praying every day for two years through high school. I've been serving you, but 
but um, like there has to be more and I'm not growing anymore. Um, So again, making some really honest prayers of like, okay, I don't think praise and worship is really for me, but I'm going to go because I want more of you. And um, just my freshman, the end of my freshman fall at Franciscan, really um, seeking after relationship with the Holy Spirit and asking in a new way to to be in relationship with him and to Mm -hmm. receive the gifts that he had. And um, yeah, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit the end of my freshman fall Mm -hmm. and was starting to like do prayer teams and engage in ministry that was really open to the Lord and realizing that up until this point in my young life in ministry, it had been like three years at that point. Um, Mm I had been relying completely on myself and I was tired Mm -hmm. and um, I couldn't keep doing it by myself. So I go back to the summer camp for the second Mm -hmm. year and... um, I was like praying to be baptized in the Holy Spirit every single morning and just like really seeking to rely on him, but found that my peers around me weren't. And that was also really tiring. Yeah. And so I got back to school my sophomore year of college and I was like, man, I love summer camp. I love doing ministry in this way, but I can't, I can't keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And um, I get a call from my sister, who's a student at Benedictine, um, that she had gone to a night of healing at Benedictine run by Sam Halligan. Shout out was Sam. Good, Sam. Um, and it had been a really powerful experience for her. She was hearing about my experiences with the Holy Spirit, and it was really her first experience there. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, and there's a conference out in Ohio that like Sam and other people kind of like him are going to be doing. And so mm-hmm. in the winter of my sophomore year, which was 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. um, I went to an encounter conference mm-hmm. out in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. And um I loved it. I was so hungry for the Holy Spirit and for the gifts and just to know Mm -hmm. him more. And that's where I met Aaron and Dan. And I don't know if you guys even knew it, but you were talking and um, you just kind of ended your messages with, by the way, we have a summer camp. You can apply if you're like young (laughs) enough. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love summer camp. And I knew I wasn't going back to the Mm -hmm. one I was used to. And um, I guess I'll apply because these people seem to really want to rely on the Lord. And um So I applied and I think by literally God, (laughs) um, I was accepted that summer to work here and it was just a summer of like insane transformation. And I had heard people say like working at summer camp was transformative for them, but I had never felt transformed like I was here. I met, I met the Lord in ways I never had and saw him move in ways that I just hadn't known was possible. Mm -hmm. And so that summer... Sorry, there's a fly. Yeah, I know. That's I, it's catching my eye too. You're <laughs> great. Way to way to speak through it. <laughs> that summer, I um I fell in love with Damascus and with mm-hmm. the way that we seek the Lord and the charism of this place. And um, I was like, that's it. I want to be a full time missionary. Like, Lord, I want this so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you either confirm this desire or shift it? Mm-hmm. And um, I prayed that for a good amount of time. And as I prayed, He started to um, reveal to me. My, my campus at Franciscan. And while Franciscan gave me so much, it was also a season where um, there was an increasing hunger for more of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. more um, desire to be transformed by Him. And so I, um, like the Lord just turned my heart towards my campus and my heart started to break for it. And he was, he was just like, Lauren, I want you to teach people to hear my voice. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to go back to Franciscan, not as much a student anymore, but as mm-hmm. a missionary. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to take every opportunity to teach people how to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And he gave me insane opportunity. I was running prayer teams then. So I got to teach people how to pray for other people and hear the voice of God every mm-hmm. week. And, um, um, 
he just gave me so many moments. I think I counted it once. I think I, I think I taught over a thousand people how to hear God's voice, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. And um, yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. I'm just like listening. I was literally in my head thinking like, that's a lot. Like that's a large number. I'm glad you externalized it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whether that was just like friends over coffee or um, different like upfront ministry opportunities I had. Mm-hmm. He just like was, it was just what he wanted. He wanted people to go to the chapel and leave changed. Um, he wanted people to hear his voice and act on it. And um, yeah, he just gave me so many beautiful, beautiful people to share that with. So um, throughout the summers of college, fast forwarding, I kept coming back to Damascus because it was really where my heart was mm-hmm. and where where family really began to be. Um, and each summer I'd be like, Lord, is it time yet? Like, I want to, I want to come and I want to stay. And, um, he would give me a new mission for my campus. It was always kind of a one-liner. Yeah. It's a good one-liner kind of God. Mm-hmm. Really, um, easy to grab a hold on and to be convicted by. and be convicted by. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just kept sending me to Franciscan and gave me so many opportunities to build, um, there to build ministry, to build things that were really just after his heart and in his heart for Franciscan. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was just so grateful. Grateful. So grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And um, in this process, I get done with undergrad and I enter into my graduate studies um, in theology. And it's still the Lord's like, hey, like, I want you to keep growing things here. Um, my grad school year was to build a culture of discipleship. And um, he had given me women's ministry to steward yeah. and a blank slate and a fun budget and mm-hmm. a boss who let me do whatever I wanted. And mm-hmm. um, it was it was so fun. It was so fun to build. And it was such, it was such a great just thing that the Lord had me doing. And I was there and um, going through grad school, but again, I'm not really there to learn as much I am to, to pour into the campus. And um, there is, there are some girls that I was discipling and I was getting to the end of my grad school year and I had some opportunity to stay on at Franciscan in the office of evangelization. Mm-hmm. Um, again, pretty much writing my own job and doing whatever I wanted to do with a fun budget and a mm-hmm. paycheck. And um, I was at a, a praise and worship night, which was the first place that I encountered the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And there was a girl, her name's Chessie, who I had been discipling um, for three years at that point. And she was involved in these ministries that I was a part of. And she, I was like kind of off to the side praying and she comes in and I see her starting to go through the room and invest in other people mm-hmm. and just like this light and this joy. And um, wow, I love her. I think that's why I'm like mm-hmm. so choked up. Yeah. Um, and the Lord was just like, Lauren, her, her like impact has surpassed yours. Mm -hmm. And that was like what I needed. He was like, you can go in peace, like servant, your work has been fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that was one of the, one of the the parts of his heart that he was like, Hey, like you've done so much here Mm -hmm. and you've raised up a new generation and it's Mm -hmm. time to go. Yeah. Affirmation and permission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I affirm what you've done. Here's permission to do what I need you to do next. Yeah. 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 So it was beautiful because my heart was here. Like I wanted to be here, but he also had my heart. So at Franciscan. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So that was, that was a, a beautiful moment to come back to of like, okay, like he is sending me. And, mm-hmm. um, as I stepped more into the practical side of what that discernment looked like, um, 
I just realized I had this whole pro-con sheet in my head um, of a job in ministry versus a life of mission and um, how I had really built with the Lord so many incredible things that I could continue to build, but somewhere along the way, like my own self-reliance and my own mm-hmm. desires and my own preferences had become um, maybe not completely ahead of God, but shoulder and shoulder with God. Yeah. And um, and he was really calling me to a life of like completely down surrender mm-hmm. of my preferences and my desires and yep. um, all of the beautiful heart disposition shifts that happen happened mm-hmm. with that. But really what, what the final thing was for me in coming and being a full-time missionary was... Um, I just looked at my pro con list and I was like, that's it. It's Franciscan, right? Like it makes more sense on paper. And, um, I took a step back and I just thought, I don't, I I didn't even think I just felt, Mm -hmm. and I was like, it just fits like Damascus just fits. It's like Mm -hmm. where my heart has always been drawn and it's just more, it's just me. Yeah. So there was just a moment of like, yes, this doesn't make sense on paper as much, but Mm -hmm. it, it settles into my heart and gives me peace. It's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Just, um, uh, yeah, I, well, Aaron, do you have any thoughts? Well, I, like, I, I wanted to give I, a, I wanted to give a little context. So yeah. yeah. I mean, so I think we mentioned at the start of the show, but you guys are each finishing your second year in formation here. And just to give some context, maybe for someone who's tuning yeah, in sure, for the first sure. time. So we, we, we've spoken a lot about how Damascus is a, a missionary movement. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that, uh, every one of our 130 plus people who are involved in the day-to-day operation of running a ministry that impacts 25,000 kids every year. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we just, we had an amazing men's retreat this weekend. Your dad was there with us. Uh, we, we run women's retreats. We run the young adult retreats that, that spoke to both of you really powerfully. And, um, uh, amongst a variety of other things, you know, and and this is only made possible through the fact that that young people like yourselves and and individuals like Brad and I have have mm-hmm. been given the opportunity to give our lives to something that 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 the Lord has has placed His hand of of blessing and appointment on. And uh, you know, our our full time program here, which the two of you are are concluding this year, uh, we've got sixty some missionaries who have said yes to entering into two years of formation through uh, a curriculum of, of classwork, which I know has been a great joy working with Lauren and something that she's stepping into more intentionally even next year, as well as the applied learning of actually getting down in the trenches and serving with middle school kids and high school kids on mm-hmm. literally a day-to-day basis. Yeah, right. They're, they're, I, I don't believe there's anybody who works harder yeah. in, in service of the church yeah. than, than, yeah, than you guys do. And uh, it, what, what really stands out to me is that each of you came to this program not from a place of like, okay, I'm I'm graduating high school and I'm I don't have any options and I'm confused and I need to figure it out. So I'll fill in the gap for a year or two while I get my life in order. And I think that's sort of where we tend to gravitate when considering missionary work. That yeah, missionary work is a is a good alternative if I don't have my stuff together. Mm-hmm. And 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 maybe it'll work out. Mm-hmm. And I think unfortunately a lot of people often will think about the seminary even in the same way. Sure. Or or religious life that like this is a good fallback option. It's where I go when no other roads are continuing. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I love um, the witness that each of you have shared and and truly lived in the last couple of years. That like you both had plenty of options, right? And really solid paths laid out for you. And that's not a story that's unique to yours, but I think it's a story that we need to continue to tell because regardless of how often 
we speak it, I mm -hmm. think people tend to gravitate toward, well, this call couldn't be for me because I've got, because I've got options, because I've got my life together. Yeah. Right. And uh, just to witness at the same point, like I know that the two of you, we probably, we, we certainly don't have time in today's show to share everything that's happened in the last two years, but to see the transformation that's happened in each of you mm -hmm. here on this campus as a result of getting down and dirty and covered in paint and mud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I, I just, when I, when I picture Anthony in my mind, I just, there, there, there are few men who have served the, the young men here at Damascus in the mm -hmm. way that you have just mm -hmm. in pouring your life out. And I think that if you're, uh, I imagine if, if the leaders of your internship at, at that bank that you identify or that financial firm that you identified would, would see that, okay, you know, Anthony, we, we can't continue in this position of internship, but you know, you're going to go off and find a, a great new path and blaze new trails. If they imagine that for the next two years, you were going to be, you know, wrestling in the mud and shooting paintballs <laughs> yeah. and, and sharing the gospel with kids who, you know, had snot dripping down their face and yeah. <laughs> smelled like a guy's locker room. Like the, the work that we do is, is mm -hmm. so critical because, because it changes them and it changes you. That's right. And, mm -hmm. and each of you is, is leaving this place uh, or leaving this, this state, right? After two years of formation here with this program, um, truly a, a, a new person, right? Mm -hmm. A new person and having impacted the lives and, and brought so many individuals into a place of being able to respond. Yeah. So I, I just can't, one last point, I, I can't wait to hear the stories of the thousands of young women and young men who who get to, you know, sit on a microphone like this someday or, or share with their parents or with their with their spouse or whomever that, yeah, I was, I was lost and I was lonely. And then all of a sudden I went to a place that changed my life. Yeah, and I had right. a counselor named Lauren mm -hmm. who, who delivered this message to me, or I had a counselor named Anthony who showed me that I was lovable, even when I thought the worst of myself, mm -hmm. right? These are, these are the stories that are going to be the groundwork for someone else's, for someone else's conversion. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. EWTN, helping people grow in their love and understanding of God. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really thank you guys for the show. I listen to it. I'm working from home, so um, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Catholic faith. I love you, and I thank you. It's so wonderful to talk to you. I love your radio program and listen as often as I can and share it with even friends. God bless you and keep up the good work. It's wonderful. EWTN podcasts are the perfect companion for busy Catholics everywhere. Your favorite EWTN programs are waiting for you to listen to on your time. With on-demand access to audio, you can pause and pick up right where you left off, anytime, anywhere. Just subscribe by using your mobile device's free podcast app. Find old favorites or discover something new. EWTN podcasts, they're waiting for you. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. What the Lord is actually having me do is actually go back into wealth management. 
<laughs> and just that story is wild because when he, he brought me here, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it for one year where his marriage and I'll deal with God. And then he was like, all right, it's a two-year program. I was like, all right, fine, Lord. I'll do yeah. two years. <laughs> so I got here. I'm like, when I did two years. The ultimate was leave. one year, Lord, if yeah. you forgot, just to let you know. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do two years. And he's like, okay, <laughs> Anthony, I actually want you to let go of that plan too. Just mm-hmm. let, let go of the plan and surrender. And even like, Lauren, during your story, I love how you were sharing that the Lord brought you in through knowledge. But I think something that amazes me about you is that even though you're someone who you love to understand, you live a life of docility mm-hmm. to the Lord, a life of surrender. And it'd be so easy to, okay, I have this great brain to, to go control things and to do it my <laughs> yeah. way that you actually submit your knowledge to the Lord's plan mm-hmm. and to what he's actually asking of you, even when you don't understand. And I think that's been so much of these couple of years is learning yeah. that, of letting go and kind of going back to that theme that I said earlier, of when God asks us to let go of something, it's for our good. Yeah. And when I came here, I was like, all right, God, I'm going to do this for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this loss on myself <laughs> yeah. for the sake of you and for the sake that you're going to do for the mm-hmm. people. And, what he, and God's done so much more good in my life yeah. personally than through me yep. over these years. He's done so much through me, but the work he's done in my life mm-hmm. is the greatest work that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, that's so and powerful. Yeah, and this kind of theme that I started at the beginning of, okay, I need to prove myself to others. I need to show other people mm-hmm. how great I am. <laughs> yeah. When I got here, I was like, I, I was comparing myself to everyone around me. I'm like, I'm better than them for this reason, this reason. <laughs> and I've, I've done all this before. And this person's coming from that background or this background and it's why I'm the better one. And yeah, <laughs> this kind of need to prove myself in my own mind and in, in the minds of others. And what the Lord's done is just, he's taken that down. He's asked me to get dirty with kids. He's mm-hmm. asked me to clean mm-hmm. toilets after a retreat. Like I remember yeah. the first time that we were doing reset after, after we do retreats here, the missionaries ones that reset the whole campus. And I remember yeah, the right. first time I was on reset, it was a, it was a Sunday afternoon. We had just had a group of kids leave and I'm washing these walls. And I'm thinking, wow, I could be working at an, a 40 hour a week job, making great money, living comfortably and sitting on a sofa watching mm-hmm. an NFL football game right yeah. now. Like there's a game going on that the Packers are playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Packers yeah. They're playing right now and instead I'm scrubbing a wall. Yeah. And but through that, what the Lord did is he actually mm-hmm. worked my good. That he tore down this total um, false belief mindset that, that my worth is in what I do. Mm-hmm. And he tore that all down and he showed me, Anthony, your worth is in how you're loved mm-hmm. and in how I see you. Yeah. And actually the people around you here are actually going to teach you that as well because they see you in the same way. Mm-hmm. They don't see you for what you've done, but they see you mm-hmm. with the dignity that I've given you yeah. as a son of mine. Yeah. And, and so it's funny, I'm, I'm leaving the program in a week to go back into wealth management, but I'm a different man the rest of my life because of what the God's done for me in these two years. Yeah. yeah. But if, yeah, I think so many, and this is, yeah, I think this is for so many, even of our listeners here, that if the Lord's been asking you to do something and you're like hesitant because you're, you're worried about the plans that he has for you, that mm-hmm. don't worry. Like the Lord actually has your greatest good in mind. And yeah, it's like, do I believe that? Do I believe that the Lord actually wants to work my good, do what he's asking me? And the answer that is that he does. And mm-hmm. just these two years have been a, a testimony of that, that in every yes that I said that I thought I was doing for others, he worked a greater good in life. That's right. That's a really good point. I, I just love that, Anthony, especially of the like, yeah, our worth is just in how we're loved and how we love. I think for me, um, engaging in the program, counseling a bunch of middle school girls all the time, mm-hmm. um, has really just turned my heart to love. Like where before I was like, okay, what can I build with the Lord? What can we accomplish together? Um, now I just sit at dining halls covered in paint and mud and I just look at look at young young girls and I just feel the Father's delight for them. Like I just love them. And um, mm-hmm. like that's going to serve them so much more than some program I could build or curriculum I could write. And um, 
yeah, it's just, it just changed. It changes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think it's so funny because it's hard for me to find my words because um, for those who are listening, I um, direct the missionary program here and the missionary program is impossible without missionary yeses. And the missionary yeses that you two have given have been um, entire, like you've given your heart. Like when you said yes, you stepped in and you and you were un, unwavering. And I think that there's this, um, yeah, there's, I think sometimes there's this hesitation um, for us to be all in really mm-hmm. in life in anything that we're doing, always having a plan B, always having a fallback option, mm-hmm. always saying, Hey, if I'm in this and it doesn't work out, then I'll just, I'll go to this. But with you two being all in, I think what, what it, um, what it's encouraging me, uh, in, and for those of you listening today is that no matter the aspects of my life where I feel underqualified or the aspects of my life where I feel overqualified, I, I can actually be completely present to those situations and circumstances mm-hmm. and, and actually like, instead of just seeing it from my perspective, allow the Lord to show me his perspective in it. Like, Lord, okay, there, there are aspects here where I feel like my intellect or my strengths or my whatever it is could be doing more, but mm-hmm. you have me here. What do you have for me? Mm-hmm. That Lord, you have me out over my skis and I have no idea what I'm doing, yeah. but what do you have for me here? You know? And I, I think there was a, there was a powerful part of what both of you were saying, um, in, um, in looking at things, um, like somewhat objectively, like I, I'm building out my resume and giving a yes here doesn't bring that resume to the place I want it to. Here's the pros and cons list. And it doesn't seem to match up with where I feel like the Lord's drawing me. The, the Lord doesn't, um, doesn't desire to write our story in a way that makes sense because it's only the stories that don't make sense that give <laughs> him the greatest glory. Yeah. That it's actually, it's actually the stories that's like, I, I just, I took a step. I said, I said yes. And I tried to give my whole life to it and the Lord showed up, right? Because it, it actually affirms that he is a better manager of my life than me. Yeah. Like the great stories of the saints, like that's why I, I, I wish we could just have like 30 more minutes to ask you more questions about just your testimony because mm-hmm. you're going back into wealth management, Anthony. Lauren, you're being deployed back into Damascus to take an aspect of our ministry further than it's ever been. And it's like, because stories are powerful, but they're more powerful when they're not stories of our own willpower, but mm-hmm. of his power mm-hmm. in our lives. They're like, you could have built the best resume ever, Anthony. And, and it wouldn't be Augustine's Confessions, <laughs> right? Like it, it, w- it wouldn't be the diary of St. Faustina. It would have been this controlled, methodical, um, linear, and, um, and just um, something, something that was lacking a supernatural transcendence. Not to even say any of it's bad, but it's actually when we welcome the Lord into what we're doing and ask him if that's what we're supposed to be doing, that he takes it from just the ground level and element. And that's something the Lord has for everyone. Yeah. Is that that's no right. matter what occupation you're called to. Mm-hmm. The Lord doesn't want your life to be this two day shade of paper yeah. that is yeah. limited to simply the natural world. Mm-hmm. No matter yeah. what your occupation, the Lord actually has something mm-hmm. for you that's so much beyond mm-hmm. the natural world that He has yeah. a mission for you and a calling for life that actually makes your heart come alive. Mm-hmm. The Lord wants every single heart to be alive yeah. and living a life full yeah. and living a life by mission ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think um, Paul writing to the Corinthians, he says, Do you like need a letter of recommendation? More or less, he's like, Are you commending yourselves again. Like when we know that our recommendation, like our worth is actually written on our hearts in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's been like such a, such a fruit of like, Mm -hmm. okay, yes, Anthony and I have these degrees and we have these like sheets of paper that say what we're good at. (laughs) But um, more than anything, like we don't need like letters to commend us. That's, Mm -hmm. that's like the old law. That's like the old Mm -hmm. structure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and really what we need is mm-hmm. the the name of Jesus written on our hearts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, and, and your story is so beautiful in that, Lauren, because it's, it's not a pursuit of those things for something. It's a pursuit of those things from something that mm-hmm. from this intrigue to mystery, this, this, this revelation of truth that I'm excited about, this revelation of beauty that I'm excited about, this revelation of goodness that I'm excited about. I'm pursuing those degrees, not for some worldly attainment, but from some desire to mm-hmm. do something with my my life mm-hmm. that really matters. And mm-hmm. I think that both of you um, have just represented that so well. And as we're, um, as we're kind of coming towards the end of the podcast, I'm going to throw it over to Aaron because I, I, I just want to speak a word of affirmation to both of you that um, just know this. And, and for those of you listening, I, I pray that if you're tuning in now that you'd go find our podcast and listen to this entire episode to hear Anthony and Lauren's stories. Because the, um, the thing I want to affirm you both in is, um, is being people that in your lives over the last two years, more than anything, desire for the Lord to be number one in your life. And I think no matter where we're at listening or Aaron and I here or you two here, anyone in the in the studio here listening, if we desire to make the Lord the number one in our lives, wherever we're at, he'll provide the next and, and he'll be faithful. And um, and I just honor both of you for that. And um, and before I throw it over to Aaron to to um to just kind of like close us here in prayer and to pray for both of you and for our listeners. Did you have a thought there, Anthony? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Brad. I appreciate yeah. it. It's and it is that simple. Mm-hmm. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Matthew six thirty three. Amen. Yeah. So we've got a little. Uh, uh, I guess we didn't. We didn't make it up. It's from scripture. But that when we when we place an offering on the altar before the Lord. Mm-hmm. It allows us to surrender control mm-hmm. and to bring it to a place where we see him be liars. And one of the kind of components of our formation story here is that when we place an offer, an offering of ourselves mm-hmm. or of a, of a priority or a concern in our life on the altar before the Lord, uh, a couple things happen on altars. Um, one is that if that thing uh, needs to be burnt up and eliminated from our life, then that'll happen. Uh, that sacrifices are burnt on the altar. Mm-hmm. And another thing that happens on the altar is that we see a, a sacrifice that's received. It's it's blessed and broken and multiplied. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always happen this way, mm-hmm. but in each of you and in your story, yeah, I think right. it's really beautiful and profound that, you know, Lauren, there was a, there was a desire early on in your life to be one who was a teacher and, and further as you, as you taught, or as you, as you came into relationship with the Lord, that, that you desired for that to be expressed through ministry mm-hmm. professionally. And now at the conclusion of having taken all those things and placed them sacrificially on the altar, that God's actually calling you to, to re-up for that. And he said, Hey, this thing that that you sacrificed, I'm going to give it back to you mm-hmm. in a bigger way than you ever anticipated. Mm-hmm. And now like uh, taking ownership here, um, Lauren's, Lauren's stepping back into uh, into leadership here at Damascus and actually taking charge of directing one of the biggest outreach processes that we have mm-hmm. within our, our youth component. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be incredible to yeah. see the way that you take that into ownership this year mm-hmm. and, and just how beautiful it is that like, this is actually a fulfillment of a thing that maybe you thought at one point you were sacrificing and putting to the side in order to step in. And of course, Anthony, in the same way yep. uh, or in a similar way that that you placed that uh, career option on the altar and stepped away from it seemingly in its entirety. And now you're being brought back in mm-hmm. in a way, uh, working with an organization that's going to actually mm-hmm. see this vital component of a ministry necessary to the world in a new light. Yeah, and both are pleasing to God. Yeah. That, that, that God is pleased in the offering. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's burn up yes. or multiplied, he's pleased in the offering. Yes. And in both of your stories, yes. it's been burnt up in seasons and it's been multiplied yeah. <laughs> because the Lord brings it back because the Lord can work from death 
into good, life. Good, you can yes. work from yes. nothing into everything. And so, um, yeah. So again, just uh, yeah, before we close in prayer, just know of our hearts for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the missionary program in Damascus is better now than it's ever been. Amen. And it's going to be better next year than it's ever been because of a foundation that you guys have sat and um, set rather. Um, and, and that's just going to continue. So thanks for your yeses and for sharing your stories. And uh, we're so excited for what the next step will entail for both of you. Aaron, you want to yeah. close us in prayer? Of course. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we love you. And we're so thankful for the way that you continue to seek us. You seek us, Lord. You're with us and you don't let us sit where we're at. Um, God, I pray for Anthony and for Lauren and for all of our graduating second year missionaries here at Damascus, that you would lead the way, that you would be one who would take that sacrificial gift that they've given of their lives. You'd bless it and you'd multiply it for them and for those that they're called to witness to and to serve. Jesus, we pray for all the thousands of kids truly who have um, met you through the witness of these two individuals and those that are graduating from our program this year. And we pray, Jesus, that their witness would not only be an inspiration, but would be an invitation to those who are listening to today's show who might be asking that same question. Uh, God, the world, even the church, tends to invite us into a place where there's a tendency to try to build our own plan, as good as it may be. And truly, your witness and your invitation and the response that these two have witnessed to us today is that the only way is surrender. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we make a surrender of our lives again to you today. We pray that you will receive that offering freely given, that you'll bless it, multiply it, transform it in us and in others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, again, this has been Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. If you um, enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone. Go back and watch it. Listen to it again yourself because here's the thing. When we encounter the testimony of others, it puts us on a mission to find ours. Like, Don't go through life without a testimony, without the opportunity to speak to what God did with an offering of your life because he can do amazing things things. And Anthony and Lauren have testified to that here today. Again, share it with someone that you love. If you think that they'd be upbuilt by the stories here, I know that I was. God bless you. And we'll see you again next week. Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. 